He's a contributor to At The Buzz and all Hornets things all over the internet. Chase the Windmill Dunk Whitney. And representing Detroit, Michigan, Jack, don't kick me, just roll kicky. And I'm your host, Larry the Seventeenth, six thirty-two p.m. One day after the NBA season, regular season just ended. We are a day away from the playing games. Uh, Chase, you are here. You are a Hornets fan, and you guys are one of the inaugural playing teams. So, I guess before quite going into the playing game, I want to ask you, like, how do you view this this season? Is it a successful season? Well, first, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And I also feel very confident I will never get a better intro than <laughs> the windmill dunker in my life. I I can I'm I can die happy with that one yeah. right there. But Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I I think this is a success. Like think about how where people pegged the Hornets to be like just both national media, local media and their fan base. Like if you said back in if it was December 17th, you know, I for four or five days before the NBA season started in 2020. And you said the Hornets finished five or six games under 500 and they are in the play in. I feel like 99% of fans would be pretty happy with that, given the expectations ahead of the season. Obviously, that they rose a little bit at a certain point because the Hornets played really well when the season started. But like every team, pretty much, they had their fair share of injuries down the stretch and like that the timing of it was really poor it was very unlucky that you know gordon hayward lamella ball and malik monk were all out at the same time for like multiple weeks and uh, you know the record suffered because of that and even in in that time period there are other good players like Devontae graham terry rozier pj washington they all got hurt miles bridges went into health and safety protocols for 10 days to end the season and just came back before he for that knicks game I mean, they, they just had bad luck down the stretch and it, it soured the the taste for the season a little bit. But I think overall, it was definitely still a success to end up in the play in given w- where we thought they'd end up yeah. prior to the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, aside from just the play in, I think just knowing that you got the best player in the draft has to make that that just feels like a success, right? That Yes, that is literally exact my exact thoughts like LaMelo Ball is a future like potential all NBA player. Yeah. So that season was a, a success just because of that. Like that, that's really all you need. Like you, you got your building block going forward. So you're yeah. good. And, uh, and still, I guess didn't trade any draft picks, right? I yeah. No, I mean, they there. traded uh, a future, I think 2024 second to the new Orleans Pelicans for Nick Richards. Uh, so that that is their one uh, draft, future draft pick that they don't have. So I, I don't I don't think people are going to split hairs over a right a protected twenty twenty four second though at this point. Yeah. So things are looking good for the Hornets. Um, yeah. I think w- what was 
I think when we last talked, it was it was a little bit before the draft, and you guys had the three pick, and it seemed like at the time the Hornets were there was a lot of rumors about the Hornets going for um, what's his name, the guy on Golden State who Golden State took. Oh, Wiseman. Yes, Wiseman. There was I wanted tons of rumors about James Wiseman. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they just I guess the other teams just didn't want ball, and it kind of fell to the Hornets, and yeah, now he's definitely going number one. I think we also. A, a trade that was just like kind I don't think there were ever real rumors about this, but something that Knicks fans like to speculate about was if you trade number eight plus uh, Mitch Robinson, Mitchell Robinson for say the number three pick. And I don't know where you came down on that then, but right now, I mean, obviously right now the Hornets would never do it. They would not trade LaMelo for Mitch and Obi. I was talking to another friend of mine who's, a Hornets fan right before the draft. I'm like, yeah, I think I'd do it. Cause at first I was like, I don't know if I really want Mitch. If I really want to trade Mitch, but I was like, yeah, the Knicks are going to suck. We need to swing for the fences. So my reasoning was kind of wrong about the Knicks sucking, but uh, you know, that would have been a great trade. Obviously didn't happen. Um, But yeah, like where, so actually before we get into like that, uh, the playing game again, let's let's talk about the young players that the Hornets have and where you think they're going to be come next year. Obviously, Lamelo is a building block. Um, PJ Washington really is taking a step forward, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He was uh, he's tr- was really really good defensively this year and was put into a role where he played a lot of small ball center and he had really never done that. He did it a little bit in his rookie season, but this year he was like fully thrust into it, and he was he was really impressive. I thought, yeah, that's awesome because I think they like the Hornets were a little reluctant at first to do that. They wanted to play Bismack, Biombo, Zeller, um, but then they still play those guys. But now Washington's getting more small ball center role. Um, Miles Bridges, he's still there for another year. Uh yeah, he they have to offer him an extension by the end of next season. So like uh, by this year, I think he's eligible and going into or like the next, mm-hmm. I want to I say summer. I think it'll be summer by then, but the next off season after the 21, 22 season, then he's like a restricted free agent that they right. can resign. Uh, Malik Monk, he's a restricted free agent, right? Yes. This uh, him, him and Devonte Graham are both restricted free agents okay. this off season. And Terry Rozier has one year left on his deal next season. So there, there's, I think that's like the big question. I think for them, yeah, is like which of those three is potentially going to be moved, if any, because obviously you have you have Lamelo as your starting point guard for hopefully ten years plus. Yeah. So, so what do you expect to happen with those three guys? I see. I I, I don't know what to expect honestly, because like. I we I know James Borrego and Mitch Kupchak love Devontae Graham because he was like a second round gem that Mitch unearthed. They developed into a one of like one of the league's premier pull up shooters, and he's a really really good playmaker. An underrated part of his game is just his pick and roll passing. I think he's one of the best at it in the league. But and then Malik Monk has obviously had an inconsistent start to his career, but he really came on at yeah. points this season. And then he got, but he, again he got hurt. And then it's it, it just adds another thing. It's like he really has never put it together for more than 
a couple months or weeks at a time. So that's that just adds to the difficulty of the decision you have to make there. And Terry Rozier obviously is like really good, way better than any Hornets fan thought he would be. Definitely outplaying his contract. Like I remember, uh, I think we talked about this on the last time I came on, and like like God, it must have been like two uh, like um, two off seasons ago almost by now, but. Like when Terry Rozier was rumored to the Knicks, like I, mm-hmm. I think it what it was the I think the trade was Rozier and Monk for like Julius Randle, and may and or something like that. And I like I think that would be a bad trade. That would have been a terrible trade for both teams. Yeah, like both teams time. would have. But yeah, like both teams would have gotten worse off of that. Like I don't think like Randall probably doesn't do what he's doing now. Terry doesn't do what he's doing now. Like that was that. I'm glad that that didn't work out. But I do think that like. One of that out of those three guys, like the the Hornets will eventually have to be like one of them isn't a part of the long term future because a Terry's almost twenty seven and Lamelo's nineteen, and then you know Dev- I mean Devontae's twenty six as well, but and then you just have four you four guards being in your eight or nine man rotation is kind of like a hard thing to do when three of them are like six one to six three like mm-hmm. Lamelo Lamelo being big helps but like they just don't have the size to play all four of them, like the minutes that they deserve really. Cause like all of these guys deserve to play a lot. And yeah. like you just, it's just, there's just not enough minutes to go around. Yeah. It'll be really interesting because <clears throat> Malik Monk, he's definitely going to get a contract this summer. Oh um, yeah. I mean, some team is, he's, he's probably played himself well enough that I, th- I think the Hornets are going to try to keep him. You, you probably, he's probably very popular amongst fans. Yeah. Like I think I uh, see he's like, popular like the people that like Malik really really like Malik but yeah. the people that don't it takes a lot to like swing them or for, uh, for him to swing them in their favor because he has been really inconsistent and that's like the main thing with, with a lot of people is like they just don't feel comfortable being like committing to some to a player that like hasn't shown the the this ability for more than like a short stretch at a time but and I, I do get that but I also like think that he's just so young I think the Hornets are going to trust the flashes and be like, you know, our player development program is really good. We've made second round picks into rotation players. We've made lottery picks into like, like long-term starters. And then we drafted a franchise cornerstone at three. So why not just keep the ball rolling with this guy that, and we placed our bunch of hope in however many years ago and see how it turns out good. But you're, you're definitely right that like he played himself into a larger contract than the Hornets would have had to give him if, mm-hmm. like, if like if he was a restricted free agent at the end of last season, like he probably would have played on like the minimum or something this year, like a like a Harry Giles type deal with the Blazers or something. But now he's like he's definitely like I don't know maybe like seven to ten million a year probably like that would be yeah, my like starting sounds, point if I if I were him like a like a negotiation be like I'd really like to get into like the double digits like in a yearly salary and like Devonte Graham's probably going to make even more than that but yeah I could also see them just keeping both of them and being like we'll just put this decision off as long as we can and like trade whoever whenever we have to because I don't think any of them are going to make so much money that it's like oh you. Gave Devonte Graham 125 million dollars over three years. You can't trade him. Like that's that's not going to happen. Like he's no, going to get no. something that's like you can match a salary with somebody. So I, I think that they, they'd be able to kick the can down the road. But they like they will make a decision. I would say before the trade deadline next season on like which of these guys are the the future of the guard rotation behind Lamelo. I see. Yeah. Um. And Terry Rozier could be that trade chip. Yeah. If they for sure. Yeah, uh, Malik Monk's situation, very similar to Frank Nilakina, who is the same draft draft class, loved by a lot of Knicks fans, has not 
you know, has not been consistent, hasn't really put it together for long stretches of time, but shows flashes, hasn't really been in the rotation much lately, though has started to come in as like this like closer in a way defensively. Um, and we're hoping he gets some time in the playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see. I, it's kind of hard to think they'll do the whole thing with the qualifying offer because they don't want him to take up like 17 million of their cap until a deal is reached. But I don't know. I'm very much hoping he's still on the team and there, there are his haters who can't be slung. Yeah. And that's actually, I'm glad you brought up the cap hold thing too, because Monk also has that exact right. issue is like, cause they were both drafted so high, like their cap hold is like at like way bigger than what their actual salary is. I think and, so, and way and bigger than what they're going to get. Right. Yeah. Like neither of these guys are going to make is 17, 18 million dollars a year. So it's like it hinders the moves you can make with other players, which like which sucks because like you want to keep those guys, obviously, but like you just have to make a decision. It's like, do we have like another move to make with this cap hold salary that's like more impactful than resigning uh Frank or Malik to mm-hmm. this contract that we have here? Like that then that's a, su- a super hard decision. I'm very glad I don't have to make it and that I just get to sit here and offer my opinion on whatever it is <laughs> either way and then act like I was I was gonna be right. So yeah. that 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 definitely works out. But it, it, that'll be it, it that's a, a a fun comparison to see like how their like negotiation processes will go because they both kind of like underwhelmed but yeah. also been good enough to be like these guys definitely deserve a raise and another contract potentially with another team, but you know, Mm -hmm. and are both young enough that it's worth like still betting on the ceiling. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, these, these guys aren't 26. Like they're like 22. Mm -hmm. They should be just graduating college. Like they're definitely still in the window where you can develop them. Yeah. I think for both teams, they're, they'll only do the qualifying offer if they know they have a contract ready to go with them or just, forget the whole qualifying offer and just do the contract right away to get around the whole cap hold issue. So with this plan game, um, you know, it's probably all kind of gravy now because whether they make it or not, the Charlotte Hornets have had a nice season Uh, playing against Indiana. What are you looking for? What do you think their chances are like? See, like I really want to be like hopeful, but, They've went 0-5 down the stretch. They've won mm-hmm. two games. Yeah, the Gordon Hayward injury has just killed them. Yeah, right. Like that. It's just it's really especially in like a playoff situation or playoff environment in the play in against the Pacers, like and we saw it against the Wizards, because I mean that was a de facto playing game as well, because yeah. you're basically being like, We're playing for the eighth seed or versus the tenth seed. So that was essentially another playoff game. And there were times in the second half where their offense just went cold and they didn't have anybody to like get, just get one of those like buckets, calming buckets where you can just give the guy the ball in a one-on-one situation, let him get to whatever spot that he wants to get to and score. Like Hayward was that guy because he's like their best mid range, like interior shot creator. Like cause Mel Lamello isn't a great self shot creator. He's, he creates shots for his teammates at an exceptionally high level, but at the moment he's not like a great one-on-one score. It's more of like a, in a pinch thing or when he has a mismatch and then like Rozier is an, a 
pretty much entirely like an off ball scorer other than when he can like snake a pick and roll, get into the mid range. Like, and that's only one guy. Like, yeah, other than that, there's just really nobody that you can just give the ball to on a consistent basis and be like, we're struggling right now, but like, we know you can do what you do and get us some points. Uh, it's, it's just hard to do that in, a, in the playoffs without uh, like a guy like Hayward who can do that sort of thing. So it, it's difficult for me to, to have like a lot of hope mm-hmm. because the playoffs are just a totally different animal. But I mean, the Pacers are in a total state of disarray right now, which yeah. I guess helps. So there's that. And like, I think that the Hornets will also be pretty like, like pissed off. They'll come out angry after dropping so many games to, because they were in the eighth seed for like, I think a month until that very last day. Like they were just eight consistently every single day, even though everyone around them was like changing positions. The Hornets were just eight and mm-hmm. then they lost to the Wizards and they were 10. So I think that they'll come out pretty upset and yeah. at least play well. I don't think they'll get like blown out or anything, but it's just hard to beat teams that like in your first playoff game too. Like it's, it, it'll, it'll be really hard. Yeah. I guess another thing going for them is the Pacers probably, in the back of their minds, they know they have no chance and just are like, let's go home. Yeah, they're for the just summer. mailing it in, like, yeah. oh, whatever. <laughs> this is we're not gonna waste another week. But they're probably the better team. Yeah, I guess I'd have to pick the Pacers because Sabonis is he sees a guy who could get to where he wants and score whenever he wants. So but I'll be rooting for the Hornets. There we go. There we go. That's what we'd like to hear. And I'm rooting for the Knicks as well because the the Hawks and the Hornets are in the same division. So I don't want them to have like any sort of success and then have them be like, uh, like feel hopeful. I just want them to lose and and, and question themselves and, you know, that sort of thing. So, and it's, it's just nice to see. I'm a Giants and Yankees fan too. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, hey, we might as well have one good team around here. If, yeah, if it's if yeah. it's the Knicks, that's more than fine. And Brooklyn doesn't count as like no, no, team. they no. do not. They're from New Jersey. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna switch gears and go to a brand new segment. Uh, working title right now is called "Hit by a Pitch," where I get pitched a screenplay for a upcoming sports movie, and our first pitcher for this brand new segment is Jack Rokiki. Larry, hello. How are you? Good, Jack. Thanks for joining. Good to be here. I was just uh, warming up in the bullpen. Nice. Nice. Keep it going. Yeah. Sick. All right. Good stuff. Uh, all right. So what would you like me to just start pitching or what, yeah. what, how does the segment work? All right. Great. All right, Larry. So my idea is for a movie called Ampersand Field. We pronounced and field. Uh, think like Mighty Ducks meets track and field. But I'm telling sort of the story okay. of, of the the unheralded, uh, lesser loved portion of of track and field, which is the field event stars. And I'm not even talking about the jumpers. I'm not talking about the athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about throwers. Oh and well, talk- jump. Okay, jumpers. So. Hurdles is a track event. It is. What about like uh, pole vaulting? Pole vaulting, depending on the school and whether or not you can afford the insurance, is a field event. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got yes. it. So well, that counts as and field. It counts as and field. However, this specific story is going to be following my uh, high school experience, which was uh, throwing shot put and discus. Uh, sort of the home of, of misfit athletes uh, <laughs> don't have to have that much agility or 
or speed or uh, stamina. Yeah, uh, no conditioning necessary. Little to no uh, physical activity uh, needed at all, but it's where people like that shine. So uh, I was thinking that this, this movie would be a little bit like Mighty Ducks in terms of, you know, uh, Mighty Ducks meets like super bad. So we got these kids that are getting picked on by the lacrosse team. That's where all the hot kids, that's the hot uh, kids. Yeah. Sports. Uh, so these guys, you know, they're not on any sports teams. Uh, and then their star throwers uh, get suspended. So there's an opening on the throwing team. So they're, you know, looking for anyone that can huck uh, the shot put and throw the disc and these guys get their chance and well, all sorts of hijinks ensue. Yeah. So is this is a high school? Yeah. This takes place in a high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So who are your, like, who are your nerdy kids? What do you, what do you have in mind? Um, I'm thinking sort of like their, their names or just uh, like- it could be names. If you, if you want to, you know, get into that type of detail, is there like, I don't know, the computer geek and what, what, what do nerds do these days? I don't know. I feel like computer geek is like cool now. I think the, yeah. the script has flipped us in terms of uh, computer literacy. Oh man. So I'm not super, uh, but yeah, let's just we, say. You, you may have to, you may have to do a 21 jump street just to do some research. Yeah, I might have to do some potentially awkward market research to see, make sure that my portrayal is accurate for high school these days. Uh, but let's just say like Cheeto dust finger kids, you know? Yeah. Just Cheeto kids. Cheeto kids. <laughs> you know, they go to school, they watch movies, and that's, it's simple enough. It's okay, but they're, you know, they're tired of, of uh, you know, being known as uh, kids who, you know, never played sports and, their parents kind of rag on them for not getting out there and, you know, being a little more social, trying sports. So they're getting out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. They're making a big move. You know, granted, throwing is not the most glorious of uh, of of uh, sporting events. Even within track and field, it's really kind of the, the lower rung in terms of uh, sexy, uh, sexy sport appeal. Yeah, there's no like Usain Bolt of throwing. No, and and there's no equivalent of like the high school quarterback for like when you threw over fifty feet at regionals. You know, there's no <laughs> there's no benefit for that stuff. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, there's also going to be like a rival school, like a school that just you know they're like machines. They're annual, you know, perennial, perennial, annual. One of the two, mm-hmm. they win every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a good goal for my misfits and, and the, the crew that they meet on the field, uh, you know, the throwing team to, to, to overcome. Very nice. I love that. It's one of the, it's in the comedy batch of sports movies like mighty ducks or bad news bears. Uh, you know, those are different in their own ways. Um, but starts with, you know, these misfits and lots of hijinks. Like I'm imagining in the preview for the movie, like one kid is, doing the discus and you know he like turn around and maybe he just like throws it backwards into the face of one of the kids behind him yeah yeah that's good i'm actually gonna, gonna have to <laughs> yeah, write that down afterwards. that's a good gag and that's exactly what i'm looking for in this film yeah uh, uh, yeah that's what i'm going for but also you know since it's in high school i think we can you know add inject a little bit more adult content into it uh you know kind of like how uh you know uh Seth Rogen and, and his writing partner, Evan, 
Evan something or other. Evan something or other did uh, in Super Bad. So that kind of thing. You know, Mighty Ducks, like I said earlier, Mighty Ducks can be super bad. Yeah. Uh, that's that's sort of what I'm playing with here. Ah. Chase, uh, did you do any track and field in high school? No, I actually played lacrosse, but I definitely <laughs> did not fit the uh, the hot kid uh, profile at all. I, I, we, I played in Maine, though, so we all just, you know, it was just more of an activity to be able to hit each other with metal. Well, I don't believe you, but <laughs> that you didn't fit the hot kid profile. Um, but uh, yeah, so so what do you think? Would you watch this movie? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the I like the uh, the bit at the end about like incorporating the super bad style like adult content high school thing would be that would be brilliant because I feel like the kids throwing heavy objects around at each other uh, that could lead to some pretty good comedy if you're allowed to you know, ramp it up and get a little vulgar. So I, I would definitely watch that movie. And, and any like sports related uh, yeah. adult comedy, I feel like would be a good, a good hit for me. I, uh, I could see as they become athletes, which they're just so not used to, they try to capitalize on it and say like, Oh, we're star athletes. Let's, let's ask so-and-so out to the prom, but still they're the misfits and not getting anywhere. Yeah, like they have this idea that's like, oh, I, pl- I find I got on the team. I'm, I'm yeah. here. I'm, I'm throwing shot put. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. I, I thought my parents wanted me to go play sports and I, that everybody would, would think I'm the coolest. But this is not working out at all. That would that this actually this is a good yeah. ass idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're, yeah, because, you know, there's the the main goal, which, you know, would be sort of actualization of their high school experience. And there's also the, you know, the goal that comes up from, you know, Finding that they love the sport, which is beating the other team, the, other uh, team. the, the big robo. But yeah, finding love, all that stuff. So many avenues to chase with this one. Trying to buy beer, like in Super Bad. Yeah, <laughs> there will be a character maybe named McLovin. Maybe I'll maybe. just Google the scripts. <laughs> <laughs> just do everything. The song Panama plays during the previews. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's another good thing about this movie. If you're um, if you're looking at the the show times in the move in the newspaper, as people do these days, you look at the movies that are playing, and it lists them alphabetically. What's first? Ampersand Field. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Like, how would that imp- So you think it would be first? It oh, would- I would put it first. Yeah, it would precede the A. Okay, love it. Awesome. <laughs> IMDb, it's the first movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we the number one movie of all time <laughs> alphabetically. alphabetically. Yeah. Put that on the put that on the post <laughs> in really small font. <laughs> yeah. The number one movie of all time alphabetically. All right, so we're green lighting we're green lighting and fields, baby. You've made Thank it. You. Um all right. Jack stay with us. We're going to talk the rest of the play in tournament, just, you know, make some picks. Uh, first of all, who, who do you pick in Indy versus Charlotte? Me? Yes, you. Uh, I'm going to pick Charlotte. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. There we go. Big on LaMelo Ball. I like their young core, and I, uh, I'm a Pistons guy, so I still don't much like the Pacers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, the other Eastern Conference game, it's going to be Boston uh, versus Washington, the Washington Wizards with Westbrook. Uh, Chase, who you got in this one? 
See, this is tough because I do think like Boston is clearly like quote unquote better, but obviously like not having Jalen Brown and possibly Robert Williams is huge. And the wizards are hot right now. And Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum as like a one-on-one matchup is, is very like, they're very even in terms of like where the little, where they're at in terms of like ranking an NBA, like NBA players, like, the top 10 top 15 or whatever they're both in that very mm-hmm. similar range so it'll just i think it'll come down honestly to whether or not russ has a better game than like kemba or marcus smart because I, I i assume that tatum and beal are both going to play at least well or score at you know somewhat close to their normal averages so i think the the supporting cast will be like really uh, that's important in every game but i think now it'll be like really important because the celtics are down to huge pieces that put them on a much more even playing field. But I think I got, I think I've got to go with Washington just cause they're, I think I have them coming out of the play in tournament being the seven seed, like anyway. So I think I got to go with them. Just, they're just rolling lately. They've, they've been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jack, who are you picking? Uh, I'm going to go with Boston because I feel real bad for Boston. <laughs> like they underachieve like uh, every year. The Celtics, maybe. Really? Who knows which one it is? But yeah, so much talent, and I feel like they they're one of those teams that like was so excited and and built their team the right way, and it just has not really clicked. Yeah. Uh, but I think they have enough talent to to win and get out of the plan. Um, I will take Washington. Um, Mostly because I want to see Westbrook versus the Durant Harden Brooklyn Nets in the first round. That would be, I didn't even, I haven't even thought about it like that. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. And then, so then it would be either Boston or Washington versus, say, Charlotte in the losers slash winners bracket. I don't know what you call it. The game two of the play in tournament. (laughs) Um, So. Charlotte versus, in my case, Boston. Uh, I'll go with Charlotte. Fuck it. So Boston's pa- packing their bags at this point. See, the the realist in me wants that lottery pick. Oh, okay. That's a good point. <laughs> so That's a good question. I, at this yeah. point, yeah, I might, I might like, I, mean, I think I honestly just don't know if the Hornets have like the, mm-hmm. they, like they've just all of the bad things have just called happened to them at once and snowballed to be just culminating at the end of their season. And it's just as like, they've just been constantly sliding to this point. I think it'll be hard to like dig themselves out and win two games in a row on the road. And I mean that again, mm-hmm. a lottery pick is not bad. Like right now, I think they, yeah, they'd be picking 11th right now Ooh. if they lost, like just lost in the first play. And actually they have, I saw Bobby Marks tweet today that they have a tiebreaker with the Spurs, like one of the coin flip things. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be like the winner of that coin flip would be 11. The loser would be 12. So they're going to pick 11 or 12 if they lose. So, right. I mean, that's, that's a good pick and a good draft. So, and you're not getting anything anyway, if you win the play and like you get the right to be swept by the Sixers, like that's not <laughs> yeah. really that fun. They, they don't, Hornets don't have anybody to defend Embiid. Nobody does, but the Hornets especially do not have anybody for that. Yeah. Yeah, that that is I, that is something I hadn't really thought of, um, which I should have thought of because the whole year with the Knicks, like I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop in so many ways. Uh, either I was thinking, nah, they're not this good or Randall's not this good. 
or they're going to do something stupid at the trade deadline. None of that ever happened. So now I'm like, and now I'm all in on their playoff berth. But for a while, I was like, I don't want them to win this many games. I'd rather just like this be like a slight improvement of a year, but then we're in the lottery with good odds. Um, but that didn't happen. But with Charlotte, I guess that's something you, you want to see at this point. And I think it wouldn't even be a disappointment for them because they got Lamella Ball. Feels like a good year. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be disappointed. Like I, I would be. I'd be fine with it. I think another lottery pick would be huge to pair with Lamelo too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so overall, you have uh, Washington as seven, Boston as eight. Four. Yeah. Okay. I think that'd be it. Um, Jack. So you had Boston at seven. So then it would be Washington versus Charlotte for the eighth seed. Got a pick there. Between Washington and Charlotte. And Charlotte. Uh, I'd probably go Wizards. Cool. That makes sense after yeah. what we saw on Sunday, too, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my only worry about the Wizards is Beal had that, like, hamstring issue. and That's played. true. Yeah, That's a good point, actually. Because that didn't look good at all. No. And if, I mean, who knows how if it got like worse from playing through it. Yeah, and it's not that many days off. No. So, in the West, uh, the one everybody's looking forward to, Lakers versus Golden State. Um, who you got there? <sighs> Seems are hard to pick because it's also like, who do you want to win? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the bigger part is like, and that, that is like a, such a, like, I've been thinking about that because I was listening to a podcast at work today is like, that is, if you were like picking a a playoff series, that would still be hard. So like one game is like, especially is, is it's not the, I mean, I'm sure LeBron and AD are both going to, you know, play their normal minutes and be whatever, but it's like, obviously they're not 100% healthy and prepared for a long playoff run right now or else they would have you know played the whole season and LeBron wouldn't have sat out again but yeah I don't think I can pick against them I, like yeah. Steph is really good but the rest of the Warriors are not as good <laughs> to put it uh, lightly so I, I just I don't think you can pick against the Lakers unless it's like confirmed that like oh LeBron is only going to play 18 minutes or not play or right. AD is only going to you know, to do whatever, but yeah, I think I got to go with the Lakers. Jack, um, I'm gonna go with LeBron and the Lakers. Yep. I mean, I think a lot of their, I think their record is reflected by injuries they had, and now that you know everyone's gonna be playing, I don't think. But then again, I mean, it could be annoying, and, and Steph could put up 50, and he then put up 50. A spoiler, but I think you know, just your whole game plan is gonna be around Steph Curry. So I, I have faith in the yeah. Lakers. Yeah, I'll go with the Lakers as well. Um, in the other game, Jack, uh, Memphis versus San Antonio. You have a pick there? Ooh, that. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're like, that <laughs> is not interesting. That is a game where I don't know anything. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Grizzlies. John Morant. Yeah, he's good. Simple. That's it. Period. Yep. Grizzlies, John Morant. Period. Chase. I yeah. That Grizzlies, John Morant. Me that's too. Pretty much it for that me. Fe- yeah. That <laughs> feels that, like yeah. That feels like the easiest game to pick. Even though I do like San Antonio and I like a lot of their young players. Mm-hmm. But yeah, John Morant. 
And then, um, so then it would be Golden State versus Memphis for the eight seed. Um, I'll take Memphis here. Chase, where are you going? I think I probably would too. I think I would too. I think they, yeah, I think their defense is is good enough, I think, to the point where they are not less likely than the Lakers to let Steph go off for like a 50 bomb. But if he does, I think that they're capable of uh, making up for it by limiting their other players. So I think I would probably go with Memphis too, which sucks that we we would just have Steph like flaming out of the playoffs after Mm -hmm. the year that he's had. But you know, I think that that that's that's Bob Myers' problem. <laughs> that's that's not our yeah. that's not our fault. So I think there's the silver lining for them. It, yeah, it really sucks for Steph after what must have been just like a grueling season for him, as hard as he was playing at all those yeah. games. But the silver lining for them is that they have two lottery picks. That's I mean, yeah, because Minnesota played themselves out of, or not or technically hasn't yet but i think if if it stays where their pick is at now i think they're six or something like the the warriors get that and i think it's only it's one through three yeah top three protected and like that that's luck if you go from six to three like that's not yeah that's not a that's not a small jump like moving up one spot to keep your pick like you you got like a you got like a eight percent chance of doing that so (laughs) that's not a not a great situation for the wolves i guess and the worst is technically they could win the lottery by winning the fourth pick and still not keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, that would be something. That would be. Um, yeah. So Golden State. Yeah, they'll be an interesting team this offseason with where those picks land and if they're going to use them or trade them or or what. Um, Jack, do you who are you pick in with Memphis Golden State? Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh... But it's John Morant versus Steph Curry. Yeah, I know. No one should play. I, I think I think <laughs> the Warriors will win that game. I think pool. Mm-hmm. It's the pool. It's the pool party. It's the pool party. Out and just and just and just dominate. Yeah. He's gonna go. He's gonna show the world. Uh, you know what uh, Michigan education gets you on the basketball court, uh, and it's gonna be awesome. I think the the ghost of Baron Davis's NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Is gonna is also gonna be there on the court, kind of charging everybody up, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be a surprise. Yeah, and that 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 B Diddy ghost only haunts Golden State. I mean, that's what he's yeah. That um, so what? Actually, you're a Detroit fan. How do you generally feel about their year? I mean, obviously they weren't good, but they weren't supposed to be. I thought it was an awesome year. I loved it because the teams uh, for the past. I mean, even the, the years when they were competitive and made the playoffs, they squeaked into the playoffs and always got swept and, mm-hmm. you know, suffered for it and had all these big, bad, long, terrible contracts. Uh, so it's a breath of fresh air to be bad. <laughs> Intentionally. Uh, <laughs> Intentionally, but also like for ways that make sense. Like, yeah. For, uh, cons- uh, what's, what's a good word? Uh, yeah. Constructively bad. Right. Yeah, because like, it's not tanking. You're not like going out there trying to lose, but like, yeah, you're you you know who you are, and you know you're in a rebuild. Yes, with the exception of Killian Hayes, who had a a, a rough go of it because he was out with that hip injury uh, for most of the season. All the rookies that they got uh, have looked fantastic. So Sadiq Bay, yeah. uh, Stewart, Saban Lee, everyone's playing really at high level basketball. I mean, that could just be because somebody has to play well and score on the team. Uh, it could also go for Jeremy Grant, who, you know, put up, I think like 
nine plus 30 point games and never done so before coming to Detroit. So it looks good. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks good. I think Killian Hayes could be like a Jason Kidd type player for us, but with more athletic ability uh, in a couple of years. Cause I mean, I was looking at his numbers and Jay Kidd was putting up better numbers his first, uh, you know, his rookie season, but he was also 21 when he came in the league and Killian's 19. Yeah. So and Killian li- missed a lot of time. Yeah. And people are hating on him. Like people, it's so annoying to like, listen to like fans and, and read comments on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter because people are just ignorant about that kind of stuff. Uh, I love the kid. I think he's going to be great. Uh, and we're going to have a good pick. So future is bright in Detroit. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Uh, Chase, do you, do you have any thoughts on Killian Hayes? If this year is kind of just an incomplete or do you, where are you on him? Yes, yeah, I, I I loved Killian mm-hmm. before the draft. Like uh, my, I did like a big board. I had Lamelo, Edwards, and Killian as like my top three. Mm-hmm. Like, and if if the Hornets weren't in a position to select Ball or Edwards, I was like totally down for them to pick Killian Hayes third. Like, not even trade down and get. Like, I would have been yeah. totally fine if they had picked him there. I think like I would agree like with everything Jackson. Like, I don't know how you could be mad because he missed so many games. Like. Like what? What kind of nineteen-year-old that has played in Germany, uh, at, at, like, is going to come over and be successful in the NBA, playing like what, like five games before he got hurt, sitting out for three months, and then coming back and playing the end of the season on a team that's like, obvious, like not like they're this is a bad thing, but like one of the worst in the league. Like, it's it, that's a really hard spot to step into for someone in their rookie season. Like he, and he played really well at times too. So it's not like there was no bright spot. I would still, I'm still super high on him. I, I, it was great to see him like come back and then like be given a role to like, like develop and play through mistakes and like actually get a lot of minutes and stuff. So that was really cool. And I also think Sadiq and Isaiah Stewart are really good. Like they're both like first team all rookie for me. Like the the, the Pistons nailed this draft, I think. Wow. First team. all, Yeah. I, I mean, I don't... So, first team all rookie would have to be Lamelo, uh, Halliburton. Um, I like... Yeah, so you have Sadiq and Stewart. Yeah, I would have Lamelo, Edwards, Halliburton. Ha- Edwards yeah, Sadiq and Stewart, there, yeah. yeah. All right, I got to think about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, quick. yeah, I guess quickly. I would put... Uh, quickly would probably be, like, my sixth guy. Yeah. I would, I, like, him and then, like, Composo. I guess, does he count? He's, what, like, know. 30. But like, I guess he's a rookie. Yeah, he's he, really, he, he was, was really he's good. good. Yeah. I guess he counts. I, I guess he counts. <laughs> I haven't really thought about that he's that like much. Because he's so rookie. old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I was just like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd put him there. I'm just talking myself through this and out loud now. But yeah, so I get, yeah, IQ and Composo would probably be like six and seven for me. But yeah, the Pistons are a really good draft. I yeah. think they're like in good shape. And it, like, if you get one, two, or three, like, you're cooking with gas. Yeah. If you go in the next season with like, it'd be like, hey, Killian, hey, Cade, Jalen Green. Uh, like whoever go out just go have fun do whatever you want like yeah. that, that's a good situation to be in yeah i'm excited yeah this, yeah. Is, a, this is a nice draft to have one of the worst three three records in the league mm-hmm. uh last question for you chase what is what's your favorite current hornets jersey because they the, i think they consistently have good jerseys i see thank you i think that they're like their colors lead to a very good opportunity to make like good jerseys and the mint city Jersey that they came mm-hmm. out with this year with that, like the, the teal colored one that says buzz city with black and gold uh, with the pinstripes. So cool. Like I bought, I bought a Devante Graham one, like as soon as they came out, I personally think it was the best uh, like city edition Jersey that mm-hmm. came out this year. 
So I, I'm, I'm, I think that they're like one of the best like uniform sets in the, in the NBA, really like all of sports, just because their yeah. colors are so good. So two things about that. My favorite, my favorite, I, I like all of their jerseys, including the city Jersey, I think was great. Uh, I still like the, uh, just the regular teal with the white pinstripes. I guess they're home jerseys. I think it's, it's a really nice Jersey. With what you said about the best city jerseys, one of the ones people were talking about a lot was the Phoenix Valley jersey, which looked really cool when you saw the design, but then on the court, I don't know. It yeah. doesn't look that good. It's just no, like... I agree. Their court, I don't think their court accentuated it yeah. very well that they had with it. Yeah. It's also something about like the horizontal stripe or design. In this case, it's like the Valley Sunset but then it doesn't go around the back. It just like stops short and I don't know. I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah. No, I'm, and I feel like with those, you just got to get like a good color scheme. That's like a, like not your normal one or like yeah, a throwback yeah, one or whatever. Yeah. And then you're, you're just like, you're pretty good. You know, like, I, everybody likes the throwback heat vice ones. Like, and those yeah, are like, super exactly. What Miami did was they started a new color scheme that they could like iterate on every year with the city one. Mm -hmm. And the other team that I thought nailed it in that respect this year is uh, Portland with the Oregon Brown jerseys. I, it was cool as hell that they said Oregon too. Like yeah. I, when that, I, I, I have no connection to it at all uh, and have no, no investment in like uh, whether or not their jersey says Oregon. But I thought it was cool to have a, like an NBA team just be like, yeah, we're from, from Oregon. That's, <laughs> it's, it's a weird place, but we do play here. Yeah. Uh, Jack, do you have a favorite Pistons jersey? Yeah, I really like the Motor City jersey that they have. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen those. Is that their current city jersey? Yeah, I think it would have to yeah. be. I'm not 100% I'm not certain about what line it is, but it, it, that would make sense. There's actually a really cool design uh, uh, where it's just like the logo is 313, which is the area code for Detroit, mm -hmm. like around a basketball that I think is a really cool design. And I think they have some merch partnerships with the Pistons, but I don't think they've played with those jerseys. Oh, is 313 a, like, brand or something? It's, that's the area code. Yeah, but you said the partnership with the, the Pistons. Yeah, uh, I think they have, like, there's, yeah, it's like a 313 design, uh, or, like, Pistons, yeah. Pistons 313 shop mm. has a... Uh, yeah, has an official partnership with the Pistons, but they, I don't think they've played in those jerseys. But I've seen, I saw some specs, and they're awesome. So, cool. Uh, yeah, well, probably my future answer if they ever, you know, yeah. play in them. Do you think they'll get a redesign soon? Because they have had the, uh, like the cla the standard like home and aways for like a, at least like a handful of years now, right? And the Hornets just did the same thing because they just had theirs for so long. They're like, hey, we might as well just change it up. Yeah, I would hope so, especially given like sort of the teams that are associated with those brands, like that level of play, I think it would be, or with that line, I think it would be, it, it's time for a refresh. Got a new, you know, a new personality to the team. So I think that'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah, my, for the Knicks, my favorite one is, um, I think the, the normal, I guess it's called the, icon edition is just the blue orange numbers uh their city jersey is trash and <laughs> is that the black one with yeah. the the circle yeah, yeah that one's that one's not great it's uh, the need... old ones the, the old fire department ones though weren't, weren't bad i kind of i liked those oh yeah yeah, yeah. Eh. i don't think they've, they've never hit on the city jersey 
Yeah, they've never been one that stands out. That's yeah. that's definitely true. Yeah. Well, that that more than this playoff run is what is going to make me finally believe in this franchise if they ever <laughs> get a really good city jersey. Uh, Chase, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Chase Whitney underscore. You can go find me. Uh, I write for At The Hive. I do a podcast for them. I There's a website called culture.org that I've been writing for lately. It's a Charlotte-based culture website. They do lots of other stuff that's besides just Charlotte Hornets and Charlotte sports. So, yeah, I mean, you, you can find me. I'm, I'm, I'm around so if, if mm-hmm. anybody wants to wants to seek me out. Jack, anything to plug? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like, uh, at Jack Rokicki. It's R-O-K-I-C-K-I. Uh, and friend me on Facebook and uh, in MySpace. I still check that out mm-hmm. every once in a while. So let's be friends. Let's get to know each other. Let's be friends, everybody. And uh, if you want to be friends, you could follow at Larry the Athlete on Twitter or Instagram um, or Facebook. I think there is a Facebook page as well. And you can subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts, be it Apple or Spotify or one of those other ones. And that's all I got to say to you. May all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Thunder.